The following presentation was recorded at the Buddhist Society of Victoria, Malvern East, Australia. Please visit our website at bsv.net.au. So, good evening to everyone. Welcome to the Buddha Loka Centre at the Buddhist Society of Victoria on this Anzac Day. So, very good that we are gathered together to practice meditation because meditation's aimed, isn't it, at uh, reducing, uh, increasing the peace in the world, keep increasing the peace in ourselves, reducing the negative states of mind in ourselves, which are the, the, the fuel for conflict, violence and for war. So we're doing a, a very good thing on this Anzac Day. So it's our little bit of our contribution to peace in the world. <laughs> And uh, if uh, more people did it, it could have a bigger impact. I remember the TM uh, meditation movement was aiming at that, you know, sort of increasing world peace by, by increasing the number of meditators. We still seem to have quite a few conflicts going on, especially in the Ukraine and other places. But it's, uh, the reason for that, of course, is very obvious, that it's the defilements in the human mind. And so only if we remove those will that actually lead to peace. Or we develop. The other side of it, of course, is developing these positive, wholesome states which overcome the negative ones like kindness and uh, compassion and being joyful for other people's success and good qualities and having equanimity or acceptance of ourselves and other people. So they are things that can contribute to world peace in a positive sense. So as usual, the meditation will consist of, and uh, the meditation even will consist of an introduction, and then a guided meditation for forty-five minutes, and then uh, questions and comments, complaints, <laughs> whatever. After at the afterwards, and we, we can do that. So this evening, I thought you know I like to have a variety of meditation techniques that we use, uh, different approaches. And I think, uh, you know, it's very useful for the mind because the mind's never exactly in the same place <laughs> and uh, it may need something different um, from uh, time, uh, each time we sit down even, really. Um, and this is, this is important to realize the mind's never quite at the same place. And it's like if we do things exactly the same, or, you know, in terms of our meditation practice or in daily life even, we can become bored with it. We can, um, it can uh, not work for us. The mind is a very, as, you, as we all know, <laughs> very dynamic phenomena. It's changing all the time and the moods come and go. So we actually need to look at what the mind needs and what approach, what motivation, what, um, uh, what positive or wholesome uh, emotion we can bring up to deal with the negative states of mind that can take us then when they settle, can take us deeper into meditation. But this evening, I thought to do some uh, meditation I haven't done for a long time. I like doing it, actually. It's sweeping meditation or scanning meditation. Have you heard of uh, scanning meditation or sweeping meditation? People heard of it? Very famous. Who made it very famous? <laughs> I think most people know. Goenka. <laughs> Goenka made it very famous. 
I like uh, scanning better than sweeping because it's a bit confusing, you know, when you say you sweep the body, you know, we often think of a broom or something like that. But if we think of scanning, it's, that's, we're used to that idea, that term. And uh, I think of it like an MRI scan, you know, these, I don't know if you've had them, the sort of these tunnel-like things, you go in and they scan, usually just parts of the body, not the whole body. Or they can do the whole skeleton, I guess. And um, so this is the, the scanning meditation. And as I said, it's, uh, we can ask, now what is the purpose of the scanning meditation? Uh, I think it's very obvious that it's too... Uh, when we scan the body, we're looking at the different sensations or feelings in the body. So it brings us into the present moment. And it's actually quite a good meditation in terms of keeping the mind involved. You know, with the breath meditation, watching the breath, the mind can wander off because the breath is very subtle and uh, very calming too. It's very calming. So this uh, scanning meditation is more interactive, keeps us involved, uh, keeps us aware. So it's, a, and of course, that brings us into the present moment. That's the purpose, really, to bring us into the present moment. There are other purposes, too. Once we have developed this mindfulness, sati, we're in the present moment. We can also develop wisdom about what we're experiencing, and we can also develop calm the body and the mind calming down. It can have both these qualities. An actual fact, we usually need quite a bit of calm in order to develop really um, sharp or penetrating wisdom, deep wisdom, because then the mind is settled, it's calmed down, and we can see things, um, as we usually say, as they truly are, <laughs> and not through our uh, delusions, through the distortions of our minds. And uh, it can also have, <clears throat> it's often uh, thought of as having, uh, and it can have uh, health benefits. Meditation can have health benefits for the body as well as the mind. And so this is, this is something that uh, we can, especially with the scanning, I remember Ayakima used to often say it was very good for, for, uh, for the health. And... Uh, um, I know um, Mahasi Saidor, for instance, he, he didn't use the scanning meditation, I should say. <laughs> he used his own a technique. Um, he calls it Satipatthana. So, and, but he described, he's got a book actually, it's quite an interesting book, Dhamma Therapy, and these people who uh, had miraculous uh, recoveries from very serious illnesses, but they really... To me, if you read that, they really go through hell and high water, as they say. <laughs> and then that determination to stay with it, they come out the other end. But it takes quite a lot of faith to hang in there. You know, faith in Mahasi side or faith in the technique. So it may, may not work for everyone. Um, of course, the, uh, and one of the most healing meditations, of course, is metta meditation call it loving-kindness, I like kindness meditation, friendliness meditation, and that can be very, very helpful. And that meditation is good for health in terms of the body because we're not generating any negative states of mind about the cancer or whatever it is that we're experiencing. We've got this positive, this um, uh, quality of mind that's friendly and warm, accepting things as they are at the moment. 
So, and I know this uh, scanning meditation, some f- a friend of mine, he had uh, very bad knees, a monk, and uh, in Sri Lanka, unlike Australia, it's not uncommon for monks to go to Goenka courses. These are the 10-day meditation courses, sometimes called boot camps, <laughs> because they're pretty intense, because you do about, you know... Uh, Oh, at least 10, 12 hours of meditation. It's all sitting. They, they don't encourage walking meditation. So it's very intense. And you have people who just never done any meditation in their life. So you can imagine what it's like sitting on the floor for, for all these hours. And for many, it's a struggle. Uh, and it's not the ideal way to, <laughs> to come to meditation, actually, because quite a few of them get put off meditation because they think if that's meditation, forget it. <laughs> I've got enough suffering in my life, <laughs> difficulty in my life. I don't need more. So that's, uh, most pe- And people who stay the course, though, that the last day they teach uh, metta meditation. And people really get a lot of benefit. Uh, the people that stay to the end get a lot of benefit out of it. And I think, I think a sense of that they, a sense of satisfaction too that they manage to go through the, the the ups and downs of ten days and come out the other side. And they learn a lot about themselves, <laughs> about the the body and meditation. And this friend of mine he had these very bad knees, and uh, he he said to them uh, first retreat he did Goenka retreat. I have to sit on a chair. And so uh, they said, that's okay, but do try and do some sits on the floor because they usually sit on the floor. You don't see chairs at Goenka Meditations uh, uh, retreats. And so he did uh, did manage to sit on the floor some, some of the time and he found actually the pain was reducing. And the next retreat he did, he was able to sit on the floor without any pain in the knees and it had quite a lot of problems with the knees. And I heard of another monk, Sri Lankan monk, who had had a similar experience. So it can be very beneficial for the body. But one of the most important things for us as meditators is whatever we experience, you know, especially if it's pain, it's not worthwhile staying with pain if we've got a lot of resistance to it, if we've got a lot of negativity to it. We won't, um, we won't learn much from it except that there's this negativity this reaction to it. And it's very natural. If we have pain, whether it be physical pain or mental pain, we want to get rid of it. (laughs) And, of course, in some cases, we can't get rid of it. You know, people have chronic illnesses and things like uh, uh, where they're experiencing chronic pain. So it can be very useful to have developed this quality of mind that can um, have kindness towards it, softness towards it, not resisting. And uh, so this is a way we can actually learn about the different types of uh, feelings that we have, you know, painful feelings, pleasant feelings and so on. But very important that we don't try to get rid of them. We can't learn anything if we have a hindrance running in the mind. The Buddha called actually aversion, uh, dosa, um, a hindrance to the meditation. It's blocking the meditation. It's blocking wisdom. So if we were, if we did have this aversion to the pain, which is really natural, best not to go there. Either to uh, change the posture slowly, mindfully change the posture, or just bear with it as long as you can, and then change. Um, but it's 
it's not very productive for the, uh, the meditation. Because if we just sit there, <coughs> gritting our teeth, my goodness, how unpleasant is that going to be? At the end of it, we think, wow. We feel exhausted and we feel this negative state of mind really actually increasing. But the way we all see, don't we, that the mind affects the body, and I think this is where the health benefit can come because a lot of the, um, the emotions that we experience in the, in the mind actually get located in the body too. So for instance, you know, when we're feeling anxiety or fear, we can feel it in, uh, for many people in the sort of abdomen area near the stomach. And we can see tensions, especially in the shoulders. <laughs> this is where you notice them. So the body is loaded with all these um, uh, emotional, uh, emo physical uh, representations of these emotions. It can be anger, as I said, fear, anxiety, and depression. And I sometimes think of it, we like sculpting the body with these different emotions <laughs> that we have, unwittingly. So, so it's a... It's a very, very useful, and when we pay attention to the body, actually, it's, it's quite healing because usually we don't pay that much attention. This meditation will amaze you like it amazed me, I'm sure, that when you pay attention to the sensations, the feelings in the body, you'll think, my goodness, I, I hardly ever experienced these sorts of uh, uh, exp uh, feelings, you know, like... Um, uh, you can have sharp pain, so you can have pressure, you can have uh, itching, all these things. We do, from time to time, do it, do experience these things. But when you do this meditation, it really notice it much, much more. And it highlights uh, one of the things the Buddha mentions, is that whatever we pay attention to, we will increase. You know, we can see more of what's going on. And so, uh, as I say, when we do pay attention to the body, it likes it, actually, because most of the time we're ignoring it. And this attention is provided it's mindful attention. It's, it hasn't got a lot of aversion or negativity in it. Or if it's meta, that's even better. Um, you know, we're giving attention to the body. And I often liken it to if we are paying attention to a person, if we're not paying attention to the person, there's somebody that we are speaking to us and we're looking around and uh, not looking at our phone or whatever we're doing, not paying attention to them, they don't like it. And in the same way, the body really appreciates you know, this attention that we can give it. It's very healing. And I know Ayakimish used to have this idea that it was like, when we do the scanning meditation, it's like cleaning out all the rubbish and the all the accumulation in a house, you know, we're making space and we're letting go of uh, these things that clutter the mind, negative things usually, whether they be emotions or physical, uh, physical aspects of the body. And sometimes we hear of, um, classically, don't we, the scanning meditation as vipassana, and that's what Goenka um, was promoting it as particularly as Vedana Vipassana. This is the contemplation of feelings. It's a little bit, to me, it's not quite as the Buddha taught, but I'll, I'll just go into that in a minute, actually. But it's, it is a very worthwhile technique. Um, it does have, as I said, calming 
uh, aspects to it, so it's not totally you know, geared toward vipassana. And I have heard of people who've experienced very deep meditations um, where the mind is really, really silent, very, very peaceful, and not aware of the body, and very, very blissful. So it's a it's a combination of things. But as the um, the way that uh, the Goenka is teaching it, the sorts of feelings he is interest he was uh, focusing on the sensations, and this is what we will focus on as well, are more like uh, warmth and coolness more like itching, as I mentioned, pressure, sharp pains, dull pains, uh, heaviness and lightness, uh, hardness and softness, tingling, that's quite interesting, maybe numbness, or some areas when we scan, there's no, you, you don't, you're not aware of any particular sensation, and that's fine too. Um, it, we may not have uh, any sensation in that area. But for the the way the Buddha taught the uh, contemplation of feeling is more in terms of whether what we're experiencing is a pleasant feeling, unpleasant, or neither pleasant or unpleasant. And that's the main way he, he taught, or the only way really he taught um, uh, this contemplation of feeling. And he also divided it into the uh, pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral feelings related to our experience of the world through the five senses, and including thinking about those five senses, and also the pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral feelings related to the spiritual, to the, to the meditation itself. So that's, uh, that was the way the Buddha taught it. And I don't know if they did scanning in the time of the Buddha. <laughs> I have no, no idea. I think possibly they could have, because it's, it's a good technique, actually. And um, the way the Buddha describes it, I'll just mention this one because it's uh, uh, how are you mindful of feeling or experience? When, a feeling, uh, when feeling a pleasant experience or feeling, you are mindful that you, that you feel a pleasant experience. When, you, when feeling an unpleasant experience, you are mindful that you feel an unpleasant experience. And when you are feeling a neutral experience, you are mindful that you feel a neutral experience. So it's quite quite straightforward, really, and it's quite it's a, it's less uh, less detailed than say Goenka's approach, which is you know the actual sensations, and it's that that uh, awareness of that knowing that this is pleasant, this is unpleasant, and this is neutral. Whereas with Goenka, you're aware, oh, this is pressure, this is pain, um, this is uh, itching, this is tingling, all those things. But it's actually a very, for me, it's very calming. <laughs> I know many people find it very calming, actually. So, and uh, I'd just like to say, just before you start, is that the order in which we uh, do the scan is not so important. When I learnt it from Ayakima, you know, I was really concerned. I was getting in the right order and all this sort of thing. It's not so important not to worry. What is more important, as with all meditation, is awareness, knowing what's going on. And so that, that is the, the most important thing. And if when we scan, because we scan from the top of the head down to the feet and then back from the feet up to the head. And um, when we do it, if we lose our place, 
don't worry. Just start either at the top, at the head, or at the, at the feet. Or if you remember where you're up to, then start from there. So, so that's the scanning meditation, and we just uh, we can try that out and see how you find it. Have many people done this meditation before? You've been to Goenka retreats. You have, yeah. Good, good. Yeah. So. Now we can uh, start the meditation, so we'll... Now the camera goes off. <laughs> we go on to audio, so that's good. So first of all, we just make sure our posture is comfortable. I think you've been meditating for a while, perhaps, so just to make sure that, that the, the way you're sitting, whether on a seat, on a cushion, however, is comfortable. And we can close the eyes and come into the present moment. Just being with the body, experiencing it as it is now. Does it need any adjustment? Does the head feel sort of comfortable over the shoulders, balance? And do the shoulders feel comfortable? over the hips. Seeing what the body needs. Now we can mentally relax the body, starting at the top of the head, the head, side of the head, just relaxing, soothing those parts of the head. And we can move the attention to the forehead and relax that, soothe that. And moving down to around the eyes, the face and the mouth. Giving this warm, kind attention to the face. And we can bring the attention to the neck, all around the neck, soothing it, giving it a mental massage.
Now bringing the right shoulder to mind. Moving our attention along the right shoulder, relaxing it, soothing it. Giving it its warm, kind attention. Now bringing to mind the right arm, starting at the top of the right arm and moving down to the elbow, wrist, hand and fingers with this soothing, relaxing attention. Now bringing to mind the left shoulder, moving the attention along the left shoulder, easing any tension, any stress, relaxing the left shoulder. Now bringing to mind the left arm, starting at the top of the left arm and including the elbow, the wrist, fingers, hand and fingers. Giving the left arm this mental massage. Now bringing to mind the back, just below the shoulders, and moving our attention down the back, relaxing it, soothing it. As we move our attention down the back.
Now we can bring our attention to the front of the body and move our attention down the front of the body to include the chest, the diaphragm, stomach and abdomen, giving the front of the body this warm, kind attention. And now we can bring to mind the right leg, starting at the top of the right leg and moving our attention slowly down the right leg to include the knee, ankle, foot and toes. Giving this kind, warm, mental massage to the right leg. Now I'm bringing to mind the left leg, starting at the top of the left leg and moving our attention down the left leg all around it to include the knee, the ankle, foot and toes. Soothing them, relaxing them.
Now we can become aware of the whole body just sitting here in the present moment. Now we can start the scan, scanning the body, starting from the top of the head to the feet. And we can bring to mind the head, the top of the head, the back of the head and the side of the head. And just notice in area by area what sensation we're experiencing, be it uh, tingling, itching, warmth, coolness, whatever we are aware of in the top of the head, back of the head and sides of the head, paying attention or just aware of the feeling, whether it's a pleasant feeling, unpleasant or just neutral feeling. Now moving our attention to the forehead, to the face, especially around the eyes and around the mouth. Paying attention, just observing whatever sensations we're experiencing or whatever feeling we notice. Maybe there's throbbing, pulsing, whatever we notice. We're just aware of it. We don't need to have a label particularly, but know what the experience is. In the face and the forehead. Now we can move the attention to scan down to the neck. 
all around the neck, just aware of any sensations, or just generally aware of what the feeling is in the neck. That warmth, throbbing, pleasant, unpleasant. And now we can move the attention to the right shoulder and scan the right shoulder, noticing any of the sensations or the quality of the feeling. Any hardness, pressure, tension, whatever. Now bringing to mind the right arm and the right hand, and slowly moving our attention down, scanning for whatever sensations we're aware of, or just generally aware of what the feeling is. Pleasant, unpleasant, or in between. Now bringing to mind the left shoulder and scanning the left shoulder, noticing any sensations or the general feeling of the left shoulder, area by area. 
Now bringing to mind the left arm and moving our attention slowly down the left arm, noticing in area after area any sensation or the general feeling tone of that area. Moving from the top of the shoulders to the tips of the hands, the fingers. Now bringing to mind the back, starting just below the shoulders and scanning the back. Noticing, recognizing any sensations in the different areas as we move down the back or the general feeling in each of those areas. Pleasant, unpleasant or neutral. bringing to mind the front of the body, moving our attention down the front of the body, scanning, seeing what's happening in terms of sensations, pressure, hardness, throbbing, tingling, whatever, or just the pleasant, unpleasant or neutral feeling in the areas we're moving our attention through.
now bringing to mind the right leg, moving our attention, scanning the right leg, seeing what sensations are happening in different areas as we move the attention down the right leg, to the foot, to the tips of the toes, just noticing, or just noticing which area, for each area, type of feeling we're experiencing, pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. Now bringing to mind the left leg, scanning the left leg for sensations, throbbing, pressure, hardness, whatever, tingling, numbness, or the quality of the feeling in each of the areas we scan. And now we can reverse the scan and start on the tips of the toes, on the left leg, moving up the left leg, the right leg, the front of the body, the back of the body, the left arm, right arm, neck, the face and the head. We can reverse the scan. And we can go, you can go at whatever speed you wish. We can speed it up a little if we want to and can think of it as like pulling on a pair of some sort of clothing, like pants or a tracksuit, wetsuit or something like that, 
pulling the, uh, them up over the legs, the body, and then the arms, the neck, and the face and the head. So reversing the scan, looking at the sensations you're experiencing in the legs, the front and back of the body, and the arms, neck, head, face and head. And when we get to the top, we can reverse the scan again and go down. So we just keep going down, coming up, then going down. And when we go down, we can think of it as like pulling a jumper or some clothing over the head, over the shoulders, arms, the body, the front and back of the body, the, the legs, right down. So we can reverse the scan now from the toes moving up and down. And if the mind wanders off while we're scanning, whether going up or down, we can just return to the part where we were up to, or if we're not, can't remember where we were up to, then start at the top of the head or the tips of the toes.
coming close to the end of the meditation. So we can just reflect on how we feel now. We feel more peaceful, more calm, more alert, or what do we feel? And we can ask ourselves what sort of sensations or feelings did we experience that we were aware of during the meditation. And what did we learn from this meditation, this experience? And what effect did it have on the mind? And we can share the energy of our meditation, whatever peace or wisdom we developed with everyone here for their happiness, well-being and peace of mind. And we can expand that sharing of this energy of peace, wisdom, or whatever positive states we've developed with all beings everywhere for their peace, happiness, well and well-being. And we can finish with the aspiration to, to develop more of the scanning, use it when it is appropriate. We can scan when the mind is ready for it. We can scan even in um, quiet times during the day, just to ground the mind in the present moment with the body. And now I will ring the bell three times, and on the third time, 
If you'd like to come out of meditation, you're welcome to. If you wish to continue, please do. And so those who wish to can open their eyes, move your bodies to make them more comfortable. So I hope that was an interesting experience for you and uh, that you got something from it. Um, it's very important with the meditation, especially at the beginning when we relax the body. You might have thought, oh, is he scanning already? <laughs> it's actually relaxing the body. It's very important because it, it is actually a form of mindfulness of the body and it's kindness to the body. It, it brings us, it allows the mind to settle into the meditation. Sometimes I get the feeling, maybe you get the feeling of the mind sinking and that feeling of it settling. And uh, so it's, very, it's a very good way to condition the meditation and then to do the scan after that. When I learnt it from Ayakema, she used to do it very minutely. <laughs> it would take a long, long time. And she did it in two, uh, two different uh, styles, not Goenka styles. Uh, one was she called part by part, where you just went through the various parts of the body, and the other one, you do go through the parts, but then you, you look at the whole area that you've just scanned. And then you go to the next area and you scan that. And then you connect that area, the previous area, with the one you're scanning. And you continue until you do the whole body. And she said this one, she, rec she said, was very good for developing samadhi, for developing the mind coming together. So I think, I think both of them are, are, quite, are quite very good for that, actually. So... And it's a, I, I wonder if uh, any of you have experienced feelings that you'd never, never, or sensations you'd never noticed before. Anybody have unusual th things that they never, never noticed in their body before? No? Ah, no, well, I think I always feel, feel it's a great success at the end of the meditation when I say, are there any questions? And... There's no response, I think. That's wonderful. The mind is peaceful, which is great. And if there are any questions, you're welcome to uh, ask uh, the questions at this stage. And I should say, you know, the rate, the speed that you scan at is really up to you. Um, I did it quite slowly, the, uh, the downward scan, but you can do it much faster. And those that have done the Goenka technique will, realize, will remember that you can actually scan on the in-breath and then on the out-breath, scan on down on the in-breath and scan uh, up 
on the out-breath. So very, very quickly. I don't think you need to go that fast. It just depends really on each person, what you're comfortable with. The slower you go, the more likely the mind is to wander off. Unless you're really interested in what you're experiencing and that sort of sense of curiosity can come up, you know, about what you're experiencing. And then the the point of the scanning, of course, is to keep moving too, not to get too focused on any one area. Um, I know it's very easy when there are strong feelings or strong sensations in the body for that to become the overwhelming focus. But if we can move on and then come back to it. And of course, if there is uh, pain and very strong feeling in the body, it's okay to move that part slowly and mindfully, you know, so that it doesn't overwhelm the whole whole experience. Otherwise, we can be focused on one area for quite a lot of the meditation. And then it gets, and then you notice, you may learn a bit more actually from it, that it gets more intense. And uh, the, uh, the degree of um, attention to it really it builds up. It can build up. So it, it actually shows us that whatever we pay attention to will grow. And that sometimes, especially with pain, it can be very skillful to distract the mind, move the mind away from a pain. And people do this very naturally um, or very unconsciously. But a meditator can do it deliberately, knowing that there's a pain there and that they're moving the attention to something else um, so that, um, that, that the focus won't be only on that pain and also won't be uh, a negative or aversive feeling in the mind. So that way we can learn about our experience. It's, we're learning from every meditation, hopefully learning something new about the mind. So, are there any questions online, Ignacio? I wonder. Uh, are they all peaceful too? <laughs> They're usually not. <laughs> there are a couple of questions. Um, so a or... We have three at the moment. Yep. I'll just yeah. read out the first one. Namaste. Do we meet our teachers according to our past karma? Why do different people choose different teachers, Ajahn? Yeah, that's an interesting uh, question. Do we meet teachers due to our past karma? And uh, why do different people, why they are attracted to different teachers? It is interesting, actually, and um, maybe you can think of it as past karma. Sometimes it can be very, very strong, can't it? We see that in our lives. I'm sure all of you have met people who you know you've never met before, but you feel a very strong connection with, um, and vice versa. You may be people that you feel a strong negative, uh, like a repulsion to. You just you know, so it, it is it is something that could be coming karmic coming from the the past. You know, certainly um, our connections with people from past lives, when we meet them. Uh, when we meet people in this life, uh, there can be a certain sense of deja vu, a certain connection that we may not feel with other people, other teachers. And, you know, I see, for instance, in my life, you know, I had quite a strong connection with Ayakima and also with Ajahn Brahm, obviously, you know, and Sayadaw Utejaniya, 
I've been very, very lucky, the teachers I've met. But to a certain extent, all the teachers I've met are related to my inclinations too, towards, you know, finding peace in the meditation, developing wisdom as well. So when I met Ayakima and she was talking about the really deep meditation as a jhana, I thought, wow, yeah, this is great. This is <laughs> the mind sort of recognized it straight away, actually, and really was inspired by it. So I think there is a karmic connection there, but also the qualities that we have in our minds will tend to tend to um, mean that we're attracted to different teachers. And I know for many uh, people, it, you know, for instance, Ajahn Brahm said, and I think it's very true for me too, the reason he ordained in Thailand, believe it or not, was because, he said, the Thai monks in the uh, temple he went to in London, what Buddha Deepa, I think it's called, he said they smiled a lot. <laughs> they were friendly and smiling. And uh, that attracted him. And I think that's a quality that we, uh, most human beings, are drawn by. So that led him to go to Thailand and led him to practice with Ajahn Chah. And I can say the same for me, really, that I connected especially with Ajahn Brahm because of that quality of, you know, the warmth and um, humor, <laughs> humor <laughs> all that. But with Ayakima, I mean, she could be humorous, but she was more, uh, not, not as much like that. But I, I definitely say there was a connection there too. So yes, I think this can be from the past. But it's our good fortune, whether, however that connection comes, that we meet these uh, teachers. And really, um, the main ingredient, actually, for meeting these teachers is being open to learning um, and not being, as uh, often you hear this uh, simile, this metaphor of the full cup. <laughs> you can't pour anything more into a full cup. But at the same time, one doesn't want to be gullible. You have, we have to investigate what we hear from uh, various teachers. Um, but, and I think one of the things that connects us with teachers is if it makes sense to us. You know, the way they explain that the quality that they have, you know, as a person, because that's a very important part of it too, because, um, you know, we want to see that these, quali these qualities are what we connect to very strongly. So uh, whether it be relaxed, peaceful, um, humorous, you know, kind, all these sorts of qualities. So I think this is the more important thing is how do we, how are we... Um, ready, as it were, to meet the teacher. You have that saying, don't you? The teacher appears when you're ready. And uh, I think when we're ready, everything is going to be teaching us, actually. We're open and uh, inquiring and looking and seeking. Um, and uh, also with that, of course, there has to be a certain amount of humility because if we think we know everything, <laughs> then we can't learn, really. It's very difficult. And... Uh, uh, so that's important and a sense of respect for this, uh, for that teacher as well. And, uh, and I think that then when we uh, learn uh, things that we find useful, beneficial, then the connection uh, deepens and we can feel a sense of thanks and gratitude for 
what they've, you know, what they've taught us. And I do, I feel that for myself, for Ayakima, Ajahn Brahm, Bhante Gunaratna too, and uh, Sayadaw Utejaniya, because I can feel their teachings inside inside me, you know, in various various uh, aspects that have really linger with me. And so I think that's, uh, it is uh, gratitude that I feel for those those teachings that I've had. Wonderful. Because I think many people go through their whole lives and don't necessarily meet a teacher, um, uh, a living teacher. They may, li- may meet different traditions. And perhaps even these days you can see videos. Um, I think you see enormous number of videos about Alan Watts. And he's, he's been uh, dead for quite a long time. So, but still those teachings are resonating with people. So thank you for that question. I hope that answered it uh, somewhat. We'll never know. <laughs> thank you, Arjun. Any questions from the f- from the floor? They say the floor from from the hall. No, we're alternating on Sundays now. We're alternating between the floor and the the uh, internet. Yes, yes, Ignacio. Don't think there is. So if there are no questions from the floor. I'll go ahead to the second question on All right. That was interesting, um, first one. <laughs> what to do when the mind doesn't want to stick with the body and just keeps wandering? Right. Now, that's a very good uh, good question. What to do when the mind doesn't want to stick with the body? Um, then I think it, it's very important to... Um, have kindness towards whatever feeling we are having, whatever, if it's a painful feeling, just to be kind to it. Um, with the, for instance, with the scanning, it could mean that we're going too slow. It's just, it's too slow for us. And as I mentioned, with the Goenka technique in particular, the speed can really, uh, it can really speed up. You know, you can do it very fast. As long as we're aware, that's the main thing. However, if it's really not working for us, then we can choose another object. You know, then um, maybe uh, a very good one would be uh, metta, uh, this kindness, loving kindness, friendliness to whatever we're experiencing um, at this present moment, whether it be in the body or the mind, and uh, um, giving that kindness to ourselves and then maybe spreading that to others. When, when we feel that kindness build up. I like when I do the uh, metta meditation to actually synchronize it with the breath, infuse the breath with it. And that way it can build up some strength actually. It can build up what we call samadhi, one uh, more focus or one-pointedness and then more power. And then at the end of the meditation to, to start radiating that to those that are near us and then all those further away and then further away. Just keep doing it in these circles, ever-widening circles, to cover the whole earth and all realms of existence. So I think it's okay to change the meditation if we really feel it's not working. Um, But first of all, just try this kindness with what the state of mind which is not happy not interested in the meditation, just <laughs> just to see what that's about, to learn from it. Otherwise, we're always running <laughs> from various things. But we should always use this kindness to investigate 
what's what's really going on yeah all right so i hope hope that uh, um will help the person who's uh, yeah Thank you, Ajahn. Um, if there are no questions from the floor, no, it doesn't. I'll just go to the third question. So yeah. I noticed my finger, and it seemed connected to a memory and a feeling. Does that oh, mean right. anything? Thank yeah. you. No, I'm not surprised. Some parts of the body could be connected with memories as well. Definitely with feelings. You know, we can experience feelings in various parts of the body. So as I mentioned, you know, um, the sort of abdomen area, that can be where you can get a lot of tension. Uh, if we're feeling fear, if we're feeling anxious, it can... And often we have this saying, butterflies in our stomach. <laughs> That's another saying. So, yes, when we scan, we can, um, I think, relax those areas and soothe those areas. A lot of the breathing techniques, I know uh, one breathing technique I do... I noticed it really goes to that area. And I thought, wow, yes, maybe that's how it works. It's supposed to be very uh, good for releasing anxiety, fear, those things. So when um, you experience um, a memory associated with a part of the body, it's possible that uh, um, something happened with that part of the body in the past, you know, in, in this life, presumably. You know, sometimes... People do very have very bad injuries. I don't know if this <laughs> this was the case. You know, I know one monk who actually, before he was a monk, he was a chef and severed a bit of his finger. And uh, um, uh, and uh, interestingly enough, first of all, he he put it in the bin. But then they later they said, no, 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 we can actually graft it back on. So got it out of the bin, went to the hospital, and they grafted, it, and it worked. I couldn't believe it. So quite amazing. So he's got a bit of memory associated with that finger, I wonder. So it could be that memories do come up. When we meditate, you know, the mind is going to a deeper level and some of the things that are in our, we call it subconscious, you know, can come up. That's not an uncommon experience that people, memories come up. And they could potentially be associated with um, parts of the body. Yeah, why not? Why not? So, yeah, interesting. So this makes it very interesting in our experience because we it makes us curious. <laughs> what is this about, you know? So it can be um, something that... Because that's one of the things with meditation. If we can increase our interest and curiosity is one way, then um, the mind will... It won't be much work for the mind to focus. It will be interesting. Anything we're interested in. Wow, we can give the time, attention to that, like our hobbies, as I often mention. Hobbies, wow, we can really get absorbed in that in no time. So is that the last question, Ignacio? Um, thank you, Ajahn. So there was one last question All that right. popped in. There's always one last question. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you go um, when I meditate, a lot of times I have recurring thoughts of, am I doing this right? Why does yeah. this happen? Yeah, that's, that's, that's quite, I mean, as I mentioned, you know, when I first started doing this meditation, because it's so detailed the way Aya Kema would do it, 
but I think, oh, am I doing, we're doing it the right way? Did I do the, the right arm first or the left arm first or whatever? And it doesn't really matter. But doubt is part of it. It's a hindrance to our meditation, really, um, doubting whether um, you know, we're doing the meditation right. I should have said often, I do say, we, you can't do it wrong. <laughs> As long as we're aware of what's going on, and even if we are aware, yeah, I'm really um, doubtful about you know how I should do the meditation. Even that is an awareness, but it's blocking us really from experiencing um, the uh, the meditation in depth. You know, like the scanning, because if we if we are caught up with this sort of uh, uh, thoughts of, am I doing this right? then we're not going to be able to pay attention to what the meditation object, you know, the scanning, the sensations or the feeling, whether it's pleasant, unpleasant or neutral, we won't notice. We won't notice at all. Well, less. It'll be like a screen that will uh, obscure what we're experiencing. So this is why a doubt, it's one of the, it's the fifth hindrance the Buddha talks about it, doubt being the fifth hindrance. And uh, often... As I mentioned, it'd be a doubt about the meditation technique. Sometimes people think, "Wow, other people can meditate, but I can't." <laughs> Those sorts of doubts, you know. That's probably that doesn't sound like a doubt, really, does it? They, they're definitely they're sure, but the, so they so these sorts of doubts are very natural, and uh, not to buy into them, um, you know. And of course, in our lives. Um, we encourage, we can encourage more doubt in our lives. So if we have a lot of self-doubt anyway, when we come to the meditation, we'll tend to experience it there. And we can see it then. We can see, oh yeah, this is... And also then we can get the idea, this is really a hindrance actually. It's um, obscuring me uh, experiencing whatever's happening in the moment actually because I'm wondering if I'm doing it right. And uh, so this, this is good to see, this doubt, and not to buy into it. As I say, you can't do this wrong. <laughs> as long as you're aware, um, then that's the main point for the meditation. So I think that's time now for the uh, 9 o'clock here in uh, Victoria. So thank you for those questions online, and I'm very pleased, very impressed. No questions from from the hall, so that's good. It was either so clear or you're so peaceful, and that's good. So now for those who would like to, we can pay respects to the Buddha, Dhamma and Sangha. <laughs>